0: welcome back to the only one Nation podcast I'm your host Nick Jeltness joining me as always is my good buddy Ryan Lopes Ryan how's it going
1: man it has been uh, it has been quite quite a while um, I know both our schedules have been kind of kind of out of whack me me in particular so I'm just excited to get back man and uh, I know obviously you're still active on Twitter and all that good stuff but uh, it's, it's it's good to be back uh, with the headset on and talking some ball.
0: Yeah, we're definitely long overdue for a podcast. I don't think you and I have sat down to do this since uh, the John Gordon hiring is made official. So yeah, yeah. yeah, right there with you, excited to talk about some Raiders football. Um, this particular episode, we're going to be going over the combine, just recapping, I suppose, position by position about some of the players we were and were not impressed with. And then We got free agency starting here in a couple of days, so I suppose we could run through that, see if any names might make sense for uh, McKenzie, Gruden, and company. Uh, But before we talk combine, let's set the foundation here and and talk about team needs. So question number one for the new episode here. Ranked from most pressing first and onward, what are the five biggest team needs the Raiders need to address this offseason?
1: Yeah, man, so I, uh, I... I kind of shared my thoughts all the way back in December season was still still going on, of course. So uh, for me, nothing's really changed. I guess you can It's definitely kind of nitpicky at the top. But for me, I have it as edge defender, cornerback, interior defensive lineman, uh, linebacker and uh, an offensive tackle. Okay. Yeah, my uh,
0: my top five is actually the same position, just a little bit different of an order. Um, as far as what I think the most pressing is, I, I would say cornerback, just because when you look at the roster positional groups, I don't I think no positional group on this team is in more dire need of help than that position. It's basically Gary and Conley and and four other worm bodies. Um, so I, I think that's that's where they need the most immediate help. After that, I go interior pass rusher, um, just because I think. Bruce Irvin sounds like he might be back. So between Clomac and Irvin, I don't know if edge rusher is as pressing as an interior pass rusher. So I go interior number two, um, inside linebacker and edge rusher, probably tied three and four, probably edge rusher first and then inside linebacker. And then I would say right tackle number five. So same position. So let's, let's start to talk about some of these positions and, and some other ones that we know that the Raiders are going to look for some, some help here. So starting with the running backs, Uh, Let's talk about Marshawn just for a quick minute. There's been some back-and-forth reports about whether or not he'll be back next season. What do you make of all that, and and ultimately, what's your prediction?
1: Marshawn's—I mean, Everyone knows he's just such a such a character, and he's he's someone that's so hard to kind of pin down and kind of and kind of you know in this context and 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 what the hell is going to happen? I don't know if Marshawn knows what he's what he's even going to do yet. You know what I mean, man. Last we saw him a couple weeks ago, he was he was in the new Skittle commercial, I think, uh, the, the 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 new Skittle advertisement. Uh, well, so push him around that just, golf cart. Yeah, yeah, at the at, at the senior citizen home, man, hand, handing out the new the the new flavors. That was funny as hell. Uh, <laughs> it was a really good commercial. So, uh, man, again, Marshawn is she's just. Again, I I have no idea. Uh, My gut feeling right now, gun to my head, if I I were to guess, I don't think Marshawn is a starting running back in 2018 for this team. Um, I think John Gruden's just kind of putting the political kind of face on right now and talking about how, you know, know, I want to have player X back, player Y back, all that good stuff. I Push comes to shove, personality-wise, I mean, we know what Gruden's all about. We know Marshawn could be kind of, you know, quote-unquote, difficult to get along with, um, or difficult to kind of pin down and kind of, you know, figure out and kind of crack the code, however you want to describe it. So I just think that there's probably going to be too much. uh, I don't want to say tension, but just too much. They're going to be at 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 odds kind of from the onset, Um, and I just I just don't think it's a it's it's a good fit, and I think it's going to kind of behoove this team, as you allude to, to kind of look to get younger. And obviously this draft class we're going to talk about a little bit here is loaded. So, uh, yeah. I, I got to pin you down though, to a little bit more of a specific answer.
0: Cause you said, I don't think Marshawn will be the starting running back for this team in 2018. So do you think that means he won't be on
1: the roster or he will be on the roster, <laughs> yeah, but no. not the main guy, <laughs> No, Marshawn. Marshawn is not is my, my guess right now. Marshawn is not going to come back. Um, I'm thinking they probably ask him to take a pay cut or whatever the case may be, and then it goes back to the whole personality thing and stuff like that. I think it's too many conflicts of interest. Marshawn uh, and the Raiders part and go their separate ways. I think I do
0: think that they are going to try to get him to, to take a pay cut, and ultimately I, I do think he'll be back in 2018. Um, probably probably with the pay cut, not a big one, because I, I don't see him. Thinking it's it's worth his while to come back if the money isn't right. So I think they'll find some common ground. Right now, his cap number is just south of six million. Um, some you know maybe they'll shave a million, million and a half off of that and and call it a day. Um, you know if he does come back though, he, he he's not going to be the the main ball carrier. I don't think he'll lead the team in carries in two thousand eighteen. Regardless if, if he's you know even if he does come back. So that's kind of where I stand. I I do think that. Um, another face will be added you know we'll see draft reagency we'll talk about those here pretty soon so yeah I, th- I think he uh he will be back but um you know definitely a coin flip it, it's it's a tough call to make um so let's let's talk about some of these running back prospects so the king of the combine this year probably no one else other than saquon barkley of course so take a minute here to to talk about your boy and is there any hope that
1: he'll be there for the raiders Nah, man, I'm, I'm, Uh. I am, it's, it's interesting to me because there's this whole, a lot of the stuff on the timeline nowadays, is just how you don't spend, you know, you You. don't draft a running back in the first round, you don't draft a running back in the top 15, you don't draft a running back in the top five, you know, so that's, that. that's kind of the, there's been a lot of, a lot of really good, Uh. you know, really good, really notable kind of, you know, research and kind of, there's been a lot of good debate around that. I'm, of course, on kind of the opposite end of all that. I would gladly take, if I was the Browns, man, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Saquon at at, at one overall, not thinking twice about it, um, for me, just a transcendent talent, special player. Um, do I think he's he's there at ten? Absolutely not. I think the furthest he falls is probably Tampa Bay at what are they seven or eight or something okay. like that. Um, I could I could easily see you know the Browns going uh, you know quarterback at one and then swinging around at number four, assuming they're still at four um, and and grabbing Saquon then. So I have a hard time you know seeing him get out of the top five, let alone uh, all the way down to.
0: Yeah, it seemed like for, for a little bit there before the combine, there were some people that were doing mock drafts saying that, you know, four quarterbacks will go in the top 10. Then you got Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb, Minka Fitzpatrick, and so on. And, and some people were trying to toss in maybe two other names to make it seem like Ray uh saquon might be able to get to to number nine or number 10 before that coin flip happened and, and we fell down to 10 but i i knew as, as soon as the combine started that all of that was going to get crushed because i mean he did exactly what everyone should have expected he was going to do and i was light up the whole thing exactly. so yeah it's i think it's time to put those saquon to the raiders um at number 10 dreams go ahead and 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 dash those ones and and they're not going to trade up they're not going to trade up for him either um so yeah i think we can squash that one more realistically though um darius geis he is widely considered running back number two Uh, a lot of folks um not a lot of folks but some folks i've seen have him as as their top back he also had a pretty impressive combine and i think as a result of that those um raiders round two takes for him are, are probably off the board too now he seems like a, a second back that can go in in round one so what do you think about darius
1: yeah darius is is definitely my running back too um he's kind of been slotted behind Saquon the entire time throughout the process that's not that's in no way, you know, a, a, a knock at, at Darius Geis. That just kind of speaks to how special I think Barkley is and, and, and can be. Uh, but, man, Geis is definitely elite in his own right, just kind of a different runner, but but it's definitely, a, you know, a, a, a true three-down threat. Um, he was one of the only players that I wrote up this past summer. Um, I just got a preview out really early of him, just someone that I'm, I'm really kind of drawn to. Um, as far as his fit to the Raiders, man, I got a, I got a whole, you know, top 10 Uh, you know, options at 10 overall piece dropping at some point here. Um, And, and Geis is kind of my, my quote unquote hot take, man. I would take Darius Geis at 10 overall and not, again, not think twice about, I guess that's just, I'm probably in minority again, just the running back kind of, kind of connoisseur that I, that, that I am. But um, Geis, man, I I think he's, he's definitely a guy you can kind of build your offense around. Um, And again, just, just a a back that I think really, really highly of. And, and uh, one that I think Gruden, uh, you know, kind of gravitate towards as well.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think he would be a, a good fit here. He he kind of seems like a guy who could be a, a Marshawn 2.0 type of running back, but there it go. might be a little too rich to take him at 10 and, yeah, it's and, fair and enough. there's no way he's going to fall to the top of the second round for the Raiders, so that one I see a a, a hard time coming into fruition as well. Um yeah, maybe yeah. Fair Maybe enough. a trade down, you know, if if, if a team like uh-huh. the Bills wants to come up a little higher to get a quarterback or something like that. But that's another one where it would be nice to have them, but it just where the Raiders are, kind of hard to uh, to peg that one. Um, outside mm-hmm. of those top two, who are some other running backs that stood
1: out to you at the Combine? um n- Let's see, man. We got Nick Chubb again, uh, just going right down the list here. So to speak, you know, Nick Chubb has been kind of my three and, and kind of stayed there. Um, a player that we know prior to the knee injury could have been, you know, one of the, if not the best players in the country, regardless of position. Um, so just an athletic freak, someone that, uh, I, I had full confidence in him kind of blowing, blowing the roof off of Indianapolis. And I don't think he fell short, uh, at, at all in that regard. Um, a guy that I kind of, you know, probably a bit higher on than the most people, John Kelly out of Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, had a really good, had a really good way in, uh, as far as other, other, you know, caught, caught the ball really well, uh, at, at the combine, some of these other kind of athletic kind of benchmarks didn't really hit. Um, I think a lot of people that have been watching him, uh, weren't looking at him as being this athletic kind of Marvel. So he didn't really, you know, surprise in that regard, but in, in the same sense, probably didn't make himself any extra money. Um, Sonny Michel kind of, again, not, not someone that, that really propped himself up to much but again i think he you know runs a bit faster than 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 he ran down uh down in indianapolis um and someone that i think is going to kind of be there you know could could be a a a round two option uh for for the raiders that was just kind of a few backs kind of rounding out my uh my my five anybody else kind of kind of pop out for you for for better for worse uh, rashad rashad penny um
0: definitely seems like he had a he had a pretty good day um could be a guy, maybe round three or something, it seems like is where he's been kind of commonly slotted. So he's intriguing. Uh, McKenzie, though, we kind of know his MO here in, in regards to running back. So I think we have to look a little bit later than, you know, the mid rounds to, uh, to find a potential new face out there. Um, Josh Adams, Notre Dame running back, he didn't really perform at the combine, right, yeah. but he, um, he's a nice athlete and he's gonna have i think a pretty good pro day right now a lot of people think he's floating around run five or so um so that's that's one name i like to throw out there and then um kaylin ballage is is kind of a, a polarizing pro- polarizing back he's he's someone that's got the athletic traits that you want but he uh he doesn't run the way that you want him to he he's 6'1 228 yeah. but i mean it's watching him four or five games on draft runs breakdown soft. he he runs like he's 5'9", 180 <laughs> um, but he's got, you know, all the athleticism you could want. And I, I firmly yeah, yeah. think that he's the, the type of running back that McKenzie would take with one of those six round compensatory picks or, or, you know, any, one of those number of six round picks at the Raiders salve I, I think that's something that, that could happen. Um, so those are a couple of names I, I think are, are interesting. Um, any running backs to you in particular that, that you were kind of excited to see that you,
1: uh, had eyes for, but disappointed. No, nah, I mean, I guess, uh, really off the top of my head, I mean, Ballage again, kind of performed like you said, tested the way he did it. All goes back to the to to, to the production with him, um, Kelly again. Wasn't the athletic, you know, he wasn't being touted for his a- athleticism necessarily. Uh, Michelle, kind of a disappointing 40 to, to, to some people, mid, mid four or fives or whatever it was. Um, outside of him, man, top names, uh, a guy that I was really kind of ready to kind of pump up and kind of, have him shoot up boards mark mark walton didn't didn't quite run as fast as i thought he was going to run uh weight kind of kind of a bit of a bit of a question mark smaller back uh looks great you know when you when you watched him at school watched him you know uh, 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 on film and stuff like that but didn't really again didn't really make himself stand out or, or, or didn't really necessarily make himself any any additional money down down at the combine so
0: the big one for me is um, Ronald Jones from from USC. So yeah, he... Pulled up lame, right, he, with the hammy? Yeah, so he, he ended up with a, a 4.65 40-yard dash, but... You know, we could probably scratch that to see what he's going to end up doing if, if he can heal in time for the pro day. But um, either way, um, you know, it was kind of a rough day for him as a result of that. And and the other thing, too, even cutting himself some fleck on that, I was pretty disappointed to see that he had, like, the second or third smallest hands in the whole entire running back class. It was like eight and a half or eight and yeah, three yeah. quarters inches. And there are already and, uh, questions that,
1: about his pass catching, just, too.
0: Yeah, and then ball security, you know, with hands like that, it's, it just seems like that's got, you know, major issue written all over it um so that was uh that was kind of a tough one but it was a load of class and I think all in all you know the running backs performed pretty strong um so moving on to wide receiver before we get into the prospects just like we did with Marshawn there are some mixed reports about the fate of Michael Crabtree so let's talk about that for a sec so do you think
1: he's back and if so does that change any draft plans? So unlike Marshawn, I do think Crabtree is back. I think, um, you know, uh, probably he's, he's had his kind of spells, right. He's kind of his own little character type diva type concerns. But I think, uh, in the case of Crabtree, him and Gruden and, and the rest of the staff kind of work through that. Uh, they, they figure something out contract, uh, compared to what these other wide receivers are getting out in the open market is still favorable. Um, we know that there was an obvious connection between him and Derek Carr, uh, the moment that, that they, that, that they linked up here. So I think, um, it's going to bode well. I think Derek, it's, it's someone I imagine that, that Derek kind of pushes for and kind of, uh, Uh, you know kind of kind of is in his corner so to speak um even with his, you know, potential return, which again, if I were to, if I were to guess, if I were to, you know, to to, 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 to stick my flag somewhere, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Crabtree is back. Even even if that's the case, uh, I'm still looking at wide receiver early. Um, again, I'm I, Crabtree, or, you know, Crabtree coming back off the off the kind of underwhelming season, Cooper's season, uh, super disappointing. Uh, then after after those two names, man, you got guys like Seth Roberts that are still heavily involved. So these these are players that can. Uh, can be easily you know upgraded on and and I think this is a this is a this is a wide receiver class for 2018 that isn't doesn't really have uh you know the stars at the top but um some some pretty interesting names and and kind of different flavors and 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 types throughout the throughout the class so some 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 depth there
0: yeah I'm with you on that I I, I didn't think so at first just because the writing on the wall seemed like it was there for Crabtree to to be gone but uh just looking at his, his value to the team even though It was a down year last year. It was a down year for everyone. You can't just pin that on on Crabtree or any one player for that matter. So he's been just, you know, completely consistent, you know, prior to that. Uh, You know, 80-plus catches, right around the mark of of double-digit touchdowns. So I I think he'll be back um, for at least one more season. I'm with you, though. Even if Crabtree does come back, it shouldn't change the draft plans. I don't think the draft plans are going to call for a wide receiver to be picked, all that high but it it should be a position that that's addressed so with that said who is wide receiver one for you and then name a few wideouts that impress you at the combine that you might like to see in silver and black
1: yeah uh the one for me um and again in kind of what amounts to be a more or less uh you know kind of an underwhelming group uh but again a deep group um i i have dj more of, of maryland still still sitting at the top he did nothing at the combine but just solidify that position for me man tested out of his mind uh coupled that with the with the production uh at maryland anyone that, that watched maryland football last year they shuffled through quarterbacks what seemed like weekly dude still put up you know pretty pretty silly numbers um so you kind of got the age you got the production you got the athleticism so he checks all the major boxes for me personally and uh someone that I you, you can definitely see mixing kind of uh in a Ty Montgomery even type type role you know what I mean using him out of the backfield he's just so dynamic after the catch so strong um Outside of DJ Moore, a kid that that I was super high coming out of the season, I, I'll probably pass the mic to you after, after this, bro, because I know some of that you're that you probably want to want to talk about a little bit. Uh, EQ Saint Brown, man, yep. Uh out of, out of out of Notre Dame, man. We we just know, you know, looks the part, six four, six five, two nineteen, two twenty, whatever whatever he weighed in at. Um, ceiling ceiling is high, man. He just. Uh, you know, looked like he was putting together. Uh, a lot of people knock his kind of route running ability, but I think he's a lot more polished than getting give, given credit for. We just know that that Notre Dame offense, the Notre Dame passing attack last year, just wasn't there, man. Brandon Brandon Wimbush was looking butt cheeks consistently. So, <laughs> um so, uh so it's between those those two. I mean, right, right there, man. I mean, those are those are two of, of, of my favorites for sure.
0: Yeah, Saint Brown is is gonna be someone to watch out for he was almost six five he was a quarter inch shy of six 214 pounds he had a four point four eight forty. um 20 bench press reps so big fast strong uh big hands long arms got a wingspan so he definitely looks the part um his, his production didn't match I think what some of the expectations were but as you touched to the uh, the Wimbush era in Notre Dame just did not get anywhere close to what those expectations were so he definitely is someone that seems like he can have a much better pro career than he did college career um, I'm right mm-hmm. there with you on DJ Moore he's my my wide receiver number two I actually have Cortland uh sutton as my my top receiver yeah, yeah. um he's been my, my favorite player to watch so far of, of all the wide receivers that i've i've seen his his fourth time was a, a little slower than than hoped, but he still i think was 4.54 4.55 so still good enough i mean he's six four two fifteen, 215 um so that's a good number for that size and then um a couple guys i i really want to see um perform dante pettis from washington he didn't perform at the combine but yeah. that's that's someone I'm i'm keeping tabs on um alan lazard had a good day dj shark had a good combine so those are a couple other a uh, couple other guys to watch um a couple more questions about wide receivers here do you have a preference for the type of wide receiver that you normally like or do you have a type of preference for a wide receiver you think the raider should add to the mix if it's a if it's a different type
1: yeah i mean for me personally i always tend to gravitate towards bigger wideouts. you know six four six five i just you know uh it's just that's just kind of been my my my, my preference, but again, guys like Amari Cooper, um, and, and, you know, countless others, you know, have always kind of caught my eye, DJ Moore this year, for example, you know, just right around six foot, a little more, a little less, uh, so I, I definitely don't discriminate in that regard, but for me, man, I just look for, obviously, you know, athleticism first and foremost, stuff like that, uh, stands out, um, and then obviously production um basic basic stuff like that but for me i mean if if i'm if i'm looking for the Raiders specifically i mean these guys just need reliable you know reliable options a uh, strong set of hands just going back to the to the to the basics it feels like man we just have been um you know obviously crabtree has flashed enough and produced enough uh cooper uh, everyone's kind of just been wondering you know you know when um, you know it's, it's time to kind of put those questions aside and 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 hopefully those guys kind of step up and in the case of Crouch, maybe one more one more run or two more years whatever he's got left in him And hopefully Cooper kind of hits that potential but bringing in new talent man I'm looking for you know hands hopefully someone you know it'd, it'd be nice to get someone that could even take the top off the defense too kind of that kind of that downfield threat uh especially getting Cooper kind of mixed in and out of the slot maybe a little bit more um so, yeah,
0: a couple of names out there too for for deep threats, Anthony Miller, James Washington, some of the best deep threats in, in this class. Um mm-hmm. so if that's what the Raiders you know want to want to bring in, those are a couple of names to uh to keep an eye on. Um for me personally, I'm I'm a sucker for the the smooth operators, the the route runners, just because <laughs> yeah. I I think no go. other trait translates at the wide receiver position to the next level better than than route running does. Um if you can get open, you can get open regardless of I think what type of athlete you are um some of my favorite receivers ever I think are a testament to that like Reggie Wayne was someone that I was always a huge fan of Mm -hmm. Roddy White um Antonio Brown today um you know he had a a pretty average or below average combine not not, he's truly not the best athlete but the guy just gets open Amari Cooper in that mix he was a hell of a route runner at Bama so those guys are the the types that I I tend to to gravitate to above above all else um Let's let's talk about real quick. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, but the tight end position. Um, Jared Cook, he's still around. I think most people would be surprised if he were to be let go, but it's not not impossible. Um, crazier things have happened, uh, but even if he even does stick around, tight end is going to need a, a long-term solution here. Clive Walford has proven he's not going to be that position, so Raiders got a lot of picks. Do you think a, a tight end might sneak in there as one of them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, it... it 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 would be nice. You know, again, it's just one of the, it's one of the many, it's one of the many holes uh, that this team, you know, unfortunately has. So to, to your point, as you were touching on earlier, it's just a matter of kind of wisely, you know, allocating and spending that, that draft capital, because uh, unfortunately the, they can't fill every spot. Um, and, and if they're looking at tight ends, you know, on, on, on day three or something like that, obviously those are, those are more or less just dice rolls anyways. Um, this class isn't, isn't 2017 good, you know, 2017, a pretty, pretty historic group uh, yeah. athletically and, 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 and the way that those guys kind of, kind of shook out. But uh, in 2018, there are, there are a few names at the top that are, that are definitely intriguing. I don't think, uh, obviously it's a, it's a round one option, probably not even a round two option uh, either, you know, a guy like Mike, Jasicki from uh from from Penn State man, who is a mm-hmm. Vernon Davis type type athlete man, just just absolutely torched the combine. Um, he's probably a top thirty two pick now, so I I don't think a guy like that is going to be you know hanging around by by the time the Raiders kind of circle round in in, in in round two. But man, pairing him with you know hopefully a a a Amari Cooper that gets his life together and, and Michael Crabtree coming back and a new wide out or something like that. And, and adding a weapon, like, like, uh, like, 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 a, like an athletic tight end, you know what I mean, man? It's just be, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun to kind of dream of those, those scenarios, whether or not they come to fruition or not, it's a whole other story.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think one could be drafted. Um, I just drafted a decent amount of, of tight ends. Um, you teams seems to draft close to one per year so. Um, I, I do think they might grab one, especially because Lee Smith seems like a guy who could be on the way out um, pretty soon. Walford, like we already talked about, could be on the way out pretty soon. Jared Cook only has one more year left on his deal, so got to get at least one, one fresh face in there um, just to start you know, getting someone in the system to see what they got. Um, Next, offensive tackle. Seems like it's it's a weak offensive tackle class, at least at the top. It's not very top-heavy, um, but the Raiders, you know, they cut Marshall Newhouse today, and they need a right tackle, and also they need a, a long-term left tackle. So any yeah. tackles in this class stand out to you, either as a, a high pick to potentially replace Penn or maybe as a later pick to shore up the right tackle spot? What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I kind of go back to what you were saying earlier about you know, ten overall is probably a bit too early, uh, for a running back, which I you know, selfishly I don't I I I don't want to agree with, but that but that just that just makes sense. So I kind of go back to that same thing with offensive tackle as well, where uh, ten overall I'm probably not probably not comfortable really really kind of pulling the trigger at that point, nah. but uh, you know, sliding down uh, you know, mid to mid to late round one, a guy like you know. Con- Connor Williams of Texas, who at one point, you know, healthy was kind of a top 10, you know, top 15 kind of locked in option for, for many people obviously had, had the injury last, last year looked, looked, you know, better and looked fully healthy for for whatever it's worth at the combine. Um, Someone that currently is testing out to about a 68%, uh, you know, spark, spark athlete, uh, according to three Sigma athlete. Um, So a a, a guy who can slot in on the right side, um, and then, you know, make the jump over to back to the left to replace Donald Penn when he, you know, eventually walks away. Um, a couple of the guys that stood out that are pretty ridiculous athletes, at the position UCLA's Colton Miller and Pittsburgh's Brian Brian O'Neill. Those are the two that I'm kind of I'm kind of circling in that maybe, you know, round two, three range guys that have definitely done a lot to kind of bolster their stock at this point.
0: Yeah, definitely names I agree with. I, I ran some numbers actually from my uh reggie mckenzie's draft type for uh, some different positions and i've got a handful of offensive tackles that check every single box as far as what he seems to look for for uh, for tackles um just a couple of names to throw out there uh, alex kappa from humboldt state cole madison washington state colton miller ucla as you touched on um joe noteboom tcua or tcu uh chukwuma of for western michigan um will richardson nc state so those are just a handful of guys that i plugged in some some combine numbers for that that came back and and were in the clear um as far as uh, what mckenzie tends to look for in terms of uh, size and athleticism thresholds so um i i think right tackle um you know obviously an immediate need there's some in-house candidates there but i think one more guy is going to be brought into the to the mix to either compete there or potentially left tackle of the future so it's definitely some some names to consider um let's move on to the other side of the ball defensive line the Raiders could use an, an N, they could use someone on on the interior any
1: dl guys stand out to you at the combine stood out to me for all the wrong reasons unfortunately man my guy mo Hurst, man was kind of that that was that, that was the guy that i had circled you know uh he was one of the top two or oh, three yeah. names for me at 10 overall and unfortunately uh had the uh had the bad ekg come back and unfortunately couldn't couldn't participate uh an issue that he's familiar with uh you know doing doing some after speaking on and stuff like that he got flagged at michigan uh for a similar kind of heart type issue um obviously they cleared him obviously he he played in and, and had a fantastic career. So really, really kind of holding out hope for him, man. Just a really good kid, really good story off the field, fantastic player on the field, someone that I was super, super high on. Um, uh, you know, so unfortunate kind of, again, standing out for, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, the, the Washington State uh, defensive lineman, uh, Via, again, just a super strong dude. I think he kind of tested out the way everyone thought he was going to test out more of a kind of a, uh of, of, of a of a gap stuffer versus you know kind of a pocket collapser um so uh, i think t- two different types of players there um i know you know there's kind of a line divided and people kind of prefer one over the other um but again i, I would love to get your get your thoughts on some guys that that stood out or some guys that kind of are going to be circled in kind of mackenzie's board yeah
0: regarding Hurst um that was definitely a big disappointment I I just wanted to throw out there of of course in terms of how Reggie McKenzie feels if if Hurst ends up being cleared I don't think that changes anything at all as far as where McKenzie stands because we saw it with DJ Hayden um heart problem he got cleared didn't stop McKenzie from from taking him so if Hurst gets the all clear um I think he's squarely right back into the into the mix for the number 10 pick um and I I would prefer him to Vita Vea just because he has superior pass rushing skills and I think that's where the Raiders need help. Um, you know, they just re-signed Justin Ellis. They've got Eddie Vanderdoes. Um they they need they need someone more so that's going to be able to actually get after the quarterback and and between the two Hurst it would would be the the better option. Um you know, I, I would be on board with, uh, with Veya. Um Ted might be a little rich for me though. I mean, I bi- I'm a big fan of his, but just talking mm-hmm. skill set and and role that he provides, it's not it's not a premium. I I, I think his ceiling for sacks is You know, just a a small handful, you know, three, three and a half a season, something like that. And um, that's uh, a little weary to me if you're going to spend a top 10 pick on on something like that. Um, For me, actually, my and one of my favorite picks right now for the Raiders at number 10, um, probably a little earlier than than what where most have them is is Taven O'Brien out of Florida. Um, Oh, boy. He's a, you know, big time athlete. um, Been watching a few games of him. I'm, I'm up to about four or five games that I've found that I've that I've watched in the guy's an animal um he he needs some some technique refinement but um I mean he's a monster he's he's a he's someone I think McKenzie's gonna like and I I think he's someone that does have you know potential 10 sack um ceiling um from the interior and I I think that's exactly what the Raiders need so he's someone that I'm I'm very high on for for the Raiders um a couple other ones to to consider um to me the most interesting one actually is going to be Khalil McKenzie just because obviously Reggie McKenzie's son um you know I, I just I he's going to draft him I, I just that's going to happen right I mean it has it's to It's going to have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the what's going to be funny to me I think is is where it happens. Um I think if it happens in the 6th round I'm cool with it. Um and I think that might be realistic. Um so that's that's going to be something to to keep an eye on. Um and then let's let's talk about um couple uh couple of linebackers here so this is a position now seems like it's been in need forever many fans want rocon smith if he's there do you think reggie will pick him
1: uh, i do not think he's I, I think he's gonna man i've been you and i've been joking about it i know i've definitely tweeted about it and joked about it man i mean it's gonna be it's gonna the timeline is gonna be an absolute disaster. When and if Roquan, it's gonna be Ruben, gonna be Ruben, Ruben Foster all over again, bro. But worse, uh, just because everything with Smith, man, checks out. He's, in my opinion, a better player. We know the character. You know, the off-field stuff isn't isn't there as it was with with the uh, with Ruben Foster, man. But it, it's it's gonna be that all over again, but worse. You know what I mean? If this dude's on the board and Mackenzie and Gruden <laughs> opt to pass, man, it's gonna be it's going, the timeline's gonna be a disaster. Um, so to answer your question, no, I I do not think that he's a he's the pick at 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 ten overall.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, um, and and going back to Ruben last year, I tried to warn the people. I put out n- multiple tweets. I even wrote an article about it. Like, if Ruben Foster is there for the Raiders, they're not going to pick him. Like, try <laughs> try to warn the people, and uh, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. But the outrage still still commenced nonetheless. nonetheless. Um, sued, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I think it's going to be the same deal this year. I mean, it's it's obvious. Like Reggie McKenzie does not value the inside linebacker position all that highly, and, and yeah. comparatively speaking, when you're thinking about cornerback. Cornerback, um, pass rusher, um, you know those positions. Those those are usually the the positions where you want to try to invest there. a top ten pick. Yeah, and and sound mm-hmm. linebacker is simply not one of them. So I mean, I, I definitely get that aspect of it. Um, Roquan, he's he's a phenomenal player. Um, but yeah, and, if,
1: and I was just to be clear, like that's that's not us. I want I want to be free necessarily, but I mean that's not us saying mm-hmm. you know that Roquan's a bad player that we don't we don't want him at ten. Um, that's just us trying to be realistic about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's he's outstanding. If he's the pick, I'm gonna be thrilled about it. I think he's gonna be a, a pro in this league for a long time. I, I think he's a prototypical modern day linebacker. You know, just like mm-hmm. um, you know, Dion over in Atlanta who's who's tearing it go. up. So That's you know, perfect s- comparison, yeah, yeah, something along that mold. Um, it just I don't think at the number ten pick with with needs as, as edge rusher, interior rusher, cornerback. If if there's guys at at that position available, and, and there certainly will be. Um, potentially Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick or yep. Bradley Chubb or um Jar Alexander Denzel Ward um Tevin Bryan Maurice Hurst you know guys at at these premium spots I just don't think McKenzie's going to be able to justify taking Roquan over probably any one of those guys so right yeah that's that's just where I I stand on it um so you know we'll we'll see how how that goes I I think for raiders twitter's sake and in, in terms of not freaking out for <laughs> roquan we, we might need him to have a laramie tonsil gas mask video come out yeah. the, the day before and then maybe people won't freak I always out I forget
1: about that doing the gas mask man that yeah. shit is crazy
0: that was wild on draft day that was one of the the more I'll wild draft shit, stories Holy we've ever shit. we've ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> um let's talk about shaquem griffin for for a minute here um what what do you do what do you do with him where do you take shaquem
1: yeah dude i mean he obviously just an incredible incredible story incredible person um and just uh, now we 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 all saw what incredible athlete you know that that, that he oh yeah is, so ridiculous uh shit yeah it's he absolutely torched torched the combine um as far as taking him, man, and and kind of where you play him, um, again, I think that athleticism kind of bodes well for his future and getting after the passer. Um, I'm not sure that he's a top 32 pick, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him off the board. You know, early to mid kind of day two end end or uh, early to mid uh, round two. You know, kind of kind of the end of round two into 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 round three type type of range. Um, it's just so hard to deny. Uh, you know, we always talk about intangibles and stuff like that, man. I mean, this this kid literally checks every single box, and as as far as that's concerned, just just a kid that you want on your team in your locker room. Um, yeah, it's just, just it's just an awesome story.
0: Yeah, Shaquem, he, he's phenomenal. Um, watched a few games of of his last week, and and the guy just makes plays. Um, he he makes more plays with one hand than than a lot of people in the draft class make with two. You know, exactly. Um, I think that's like. You know the 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 best way to phrase it, if you want to talk about his lack of of, of having a second hand, obviously uh, as an inability that that's going to limit him in in some capacity, of course. But you know, at the end of the day, he he has shown more than enough to to overcome that and and still be uh, a player worthy, I think, of a of a day two selection. Um, The NFL, though, you know, we kind of know how they operate. There's going to be plenty of teams that are going to have him, you know, maybe off of the board or, uh, you know, a lower um, grade on him. But I I think he's going to be a player. Um his athleticism speaks to that his film speaks to that so you know he's he's definitely a guy I would take on the Raiders in a heartbeat so um you know we'll we'll see what what happens with that let's let's move on to the secondary and and specifically the cornerbacks in an area where multiple players could get drafted between Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James do you think either of them would be available at number 10 and then the second part of that question is do you think either of them can play cornerback because they're both kind of uh listed as safeties who potentially could convert
1: to cornerback? so where do you stand on that so neither of them have the you know the the you know they didn't spend time at at boundary um at At school, Uh, Fitzpatrick was recruited to play, you know, boundary corner. But obviously, given the talent that Alabama had there and Nick Saban's, you know, wizard of the secondary in his own right. So he had his own, you know, role and kind of vision for him. So obviously he played that that kind of box safety nickel corner type role. You just you just want him on the field, you know, making Fitzpatrick, just roaming around making plays. Derwin James, man, freak athlete, Um, not as athletic as Jalen Ramsey, but 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 darn close. Um and and unlike Jalen again, didn't spend time at outside corner again. Same kind of similar type role to Minka Fitzpatrick, running with tight ends in the box, uh, lining up with with slot wideouts. Um, but. Uh, I know our buddy Coach Coach Teddy Man spoke on it, and I I totally agree with them. Uh, Derwin James might might be have some of the best man to man cover skills in this class. Yeah. So um, it, it, if I had to pick one to kind of make that transition to outside corner, I'm probably picking Derwin James. Now to answer your first question, um, I think Derwin James is available at ten, and uh, kind of going back to to kind of my thoughts at ten overall. You know, sneak peek so to speak. That's that's my that's my favorite player at ten overall right now. I don't think. Unfortunately, McKenzie's going to make that selection. Um, make, make it Fix Patrick, um, it's I'm, I, it's toss up for me, man. I have no idea he was going to be there. I think he's a top, you know, five talent or so in this class. So could see him going going as high to Cleveland at four or something like that. Um, if he is there, man, it gets real interesting because just that versatility that he brings. I don't again. I, I prefer Derwin playing outside if that's what people had in mind for him. But uh, the the Raiders uh, defensive backs coach. Uh, is yep. his former coach mm-hmm. at Alabama, um, and I think there was some. I think there was some kind of talk about that. You know, post post combine about how you know guys like Finn's Patrick were, were were speaking really really highly of a Coach uh, Ainsley Man. So uh, it's just something really interesting to monitor because, gosh, man, if he does slip there, I I do not see the Raiders really. Pa- I I don't think the Raiders can afford to pass on him.
0: Yeah, if if Minka's there, he's. I think he's probably going to be out of the realistic options. The uh, the top. Choice for for the draft pick, he's someone that could be Agreed. the captain of, of of the defense for you. Um, so I, I don't think they would hesitate to do that and and give him some run at cornerback. I, I think both can make the transition to full time cornerback. I'm with you in Derwin probably being the one of the two that I would I would like to do it just because of his athleticism and his size um I think he's going to be better in in press man coverage and and I think it's going to make for an easier conversion for him Uh, but unlike you I do think he is a a strong candidate for the number 10 pick I know with Obi and and Carl Joseph I think you know if, if we're talking safeties it might seem a little bit crowded but you know it's kind of a um you know a positionless thing that the NFL is is Transitioning to on the back end there, where you can have multiple guys playing multiple spots. Um, you know, you can have a you know this hybrid linebacker safety role that they were going to try Obi in. You know, that's someone that maybe Derwin James could fill or Obi could play that. Um, so between those three guys, I think you have a lot of uh, versatility there. And and one thing we know about McKenzie is he loves that that position versatility. We saw it with T.J. Carey. We saw it with uh, Keith McGill we saw it last year with Obi. they even played him at cornerback you know a lot of people probably mm-hmm. remember that so derwin's the guy as tom brady exactly in his, in his first game in in high altitude like you know
1: a I mean, exactly. fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> so yeah that one that one it went exactly as i think everyone should have expected um but yeah it, it's it's something I, I could definitely see happening um are there any guys in the secondary that you're excited to see that uh, that disappointed at least among
1: maybe cornerbacks specifically? Um I Isaiah Oliver, um he I'm not sure that he did all the drills down at the combine. He was someone that I had at the very top of my list kind of coming in athletically. I believe he just had the Colorado pro day. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I I, I think he ended up kind of answering some questions there. Um Jair Alexander uh, didn't didn't disappoint. I think I'm, I'm, he was quite the opposite. I think he made himself a ton of money, man. I think he's right right there in the, kind of the top three conversation. Um, as far as disappointments, man, off the top of my head, I I think the cornerbacks, everyone kind of everyone kind of ran and kind of jumped and kind of did what they had to do. As I kind of thought, uh, the the names kind of fell fell into place where where I where I thought they were. Was there anyone that, that that stood out to you for negative reasons?
0: Yeah, so Josh Jackson, he he's someone that. Checks a lot of boxes. He's got the size and the length, so he, he fits the the McKenzie prototype there. But um, his forty-yard dash was was slower than hoped. He was at at four point five six, um, so slow there. But beyond that, just I was watching him at the combine, and he just he looked bad in the drills. He just had no fluidity. Um, yeah. He was slow to react. Um, you know, we, I, you didn't see. The, the player that that showed the elite ball skills in his one year as a starter at the combine um you know given obviously we, we gotta take all this combine stuff with a grain of salt but you know just from from that only that that was kind of disappointing to see I, I was i was expecting the opposite to happen for him to to look like one of the smoothest athletes out there for him to to break the sub four five barrier and to to squarely fall into a, a top candidate for the number 10 pick but i, I don't think that that happened um Tavares McFadden, another guy. Um, Look bad in the drills. He was even slower in the forty. Um, someone I think might be scratched off the list. And then two other things: um, Jair Alexander. He's he's my top cornerback. Like he's my favorite cornerback to watch. I think he's got elite traits. Um, hell of an athlete great ball skills he's he's got like he's got that cornerback swagger that you want that that Jalen Ramsey Mm -hmm. bravado where he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna lock you down he's gonna talk shit to why 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 he's (laughs) doing it um and I love that but he he falls a little short on on size McKenzie's never drafted a a cornerback below 5'11 and uh I think an eighth of an inch or half of an inch and and Jair Alexander Mm -hmm. is about a full inch short of that I mean, not a big deal, one inch is one inch, but when it comes to cornerbacks, you know, a lot of these guys are matching up against receivers that are 6'1", 6'2", or bigger. Um, And that size is is definitely a factor. Um, You know, if you're going to draft a cornerback at number 10, you're going to want him to lock lock up the best receiver that the other team has, no matter what. Um, And, you know, is he going to lock up someone like, you know, Mike Evans or... Demarius Thomas or, you know, some of these other guys that are six, three big athletes, you know, it, it's, it's a tough ask. Right. Um, so for, for that reason, him and, and Denzel Ward both fall into that category where they're, they're talented on film, they're good athletes, but their size is, is you can't, you can't coach their size. You can't change their size. Um, and that's, that's something that's going to be working against both of those guys. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, the, the free agents, um, the Raiders, should have somewhere in the neighborhood of, of I think twenty nine million or so in cap space after they cut Sean Smith, cut Marcel Newhouse and, and resigned Justin Ellis, but um kind of a fluid number because there's gonna be some guys that they might resign, like Autry, they still have to um, pay a full draft class. They they still have to do an extension for Kula Mac. Um, You know, maybe Bruce Irvin, Crabtree, Lynch, or some other guys could get cut. So I number I that's definitely going to change. But um, let's talk about some potential free agents. So first things first, Doug Martin, um, the guy with the with the worst nickname in all of football, the Muscle Hamster. <laughs> um, <laughs> muscle Hamster. Yeah. Do do you think? Um, He'd be a good guy to bring in. He was linked to uh, to a report of Gruden wanting to uh, to meet
1: with them. So, what would you think of that one? Yeah, he's not he's not the free agent. He's he's not one of you know a couple of free agent running backs that I would really uh, be stoked about. It'd be kind of an underwhelming signing uh, in, in my opinion, given the 2018 draft class. And then again, the free agent running backs that I'm looking back are not, unfortunately, Doug Martin. Um, just to just. Uh, I think we, we spent it last year for the for the for the Peds or something um, like that. And I'm then... I'm
0: pretty sure it was cocaine.
1: <laughs> okay, so
0: <laughs> it was it was a little more yeah, than Peds. Yeah, not, okay, uh, not making a joke here, but the guys the guys no, the that's... guys been in trouble for it in the past. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, that's yeah. I, I I knew he had some off-field stuff that that caused a suspension. That obviously, uh, which was interesting because I feel like leading prior to the suspension and and, and early on in the off-season, the reports out of Buck's camp was that he was looking you know phenomenal and he was you know he was ready to go and he's he's going to be back to his you know his rookie form whatever like that um again just just an, at this point in his career the question marks that we have with him just an underwhelming signing not the direction that I would go if I'm looking at free agent runners man Isaiah Crowell someone that I tapped uh the year before um and then my guy man Jet McKinnon um those are kind of the two that stand out to me you could probably throw Carlos Hyde in there as well um but definitely not definitely not Doug Martin yeah so I just looked man.
0: it up just to be sure I don't want to throw around any of these false allegations out here <laughs> but, but um, Pro Football Talk said that he tested positive for Adderall, okay? So that's number one. But then after that, um, a few days later, he entered a drug treatment program, and then after that, there was another report that came out that he actually failed a drug test and entered rehab. So, I don't know, I don't know if you're entering rehab because you tested positive for Adderall. I mean, I never heard of that before, so. Yeah, pro- I, I that, guess. That probably guess was not. just yeah. what was, uh, what was leaked out there for part of the initial drug failure. Um, so more, more, realis- more realistically, more realistically, could have been could have been weed could have been something a little bit more hard but that that is uh that is what i've heard in the past um anyway that aside on the field only i still would be underwhelmed by that hire um or by that signing he the last two seasons I, i think he's got maybe 500 yards rushing total um out of six seasons he's had two that were that were pretty stellar and then four that were pretty bad so the the body work here kind of paints the picture for me as a as as a pass um for for free agents, I don't know if they're going to bring anyone in. If so, you know, McKinnon and, and Deion Lewis probably are the only two I, I think I would consider. Um, anyone outside of that, I, I'm really not sure I, I'd be down for. Um, and then I, I think they need to probably part ways with either DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard, just one of the two. Um they're they're ultimately they're they're too similar. Neither one of them I've stepped up to to where you would uh have, have hoped, um. And I, I think just kind of a a different fresh face in the draft would would be the way to go. Um, let's let's talk about the wide receivers. So, the the first thing I I, I tweeted today or one of the first things was that the wide the Raiders are not going to make a splash in free agency. They're not going to make a big signing. And then lo and behold, you know, find out I'm wrong because they did make a big splash. He proving me wrong now from the jump. you, job you are, sign Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. Slot receiver and return man. So that's a that's a cannonball right so, there. Baby. Big splash. So <laughs> is this the only free agent yeah, acquisition that you uh, see happening at the wide receiver position, or is there uh, another wide
1: receiver you've you've got eyes for? Bro, I'll be honest. I have no idea who Griff Whalen is. Um, <laughs> when he when he got signed, bro, I had to uh, I had to I had to hop. You know, I had to had to get the thumbs going. Had to kind of had to kind of look around. Um, so that again, you knew it, you knew he was white right away, though, right? A hundred percent. With a name like Griff Whalen, bro, I knew that. Again, I tweeted out, man. You 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 and I were locked up, bro. He was he's a gritty, you know, coach's son. I'm I'm sure he's the first in lunch, last lunch out. pail. He's, he's, Lunch pill kind blue of guy, dude, that's for sure. Uh, blue collar, comes to work, man, yeah. outworking everybody. Um, as far as wide outs, man, I, I, I mean, obviously, Alan Robinson is at the top of everyone's wish list. Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, um, if I were to go kind of couple tiers below that and kind of more realistic names for me, my personal favorite is Dante Moncrief, still only 24 years old. Uh, we know he's athletic, uh, didn't really quite get thing get a chance to get things going in Indianapolis, given Andrew Luck's time away. Um, it's just kind of the other kind of ups and downs that that, that team has been going through. Um, another name, too, that, I, that I'm personally, you know, another personal favorite is uh, is John Smokey Brown out of, out of, out of Arizona. Um, and he kind of goes back to kind of having that guy that can be that deep threat. Um, we know there's some kind of there was some kind of health concerns that were surrounding his game for a while. But as far as I know, and kind of last last we heard, I believe he's healthy. Um, so those are those are kind of two of the more um, again, I'll, I'll call them more realistic options for me. So, all
0: right, just real quick, going back to uh, to the token white guy, Griff White. Whalen, um, <laughs> would you be surprised to know that he has completed six seasons in the NFL? Griff Whalen out here, he, he's, he's got that bank account sitting right, that savings account. He's, okay. he's racked up six years okay. of NFL experience. Resume is yeah. looking good. Well, resume's the the looking years healthy. of service are looking good. He, he Like I said, he's got, got six years of NFL service, um, which also happens to be the total number of catches
1: he has in the last two years. Six. So look at that. Yeah,
0: you know, look take at that, that for what you will.
1: Dude, uh, they had a uh, Vic, uh, Vic, Vic, Taferman, Vic big, big, smooth tweeted out, uh, tweeted out. I think that same oh, stat line, man and his mentions were immediately <laughs> uh, just, just complete Uh-oh, trash, boy. bro. And some guys, were, and poor, poor, poor Vic man was like, uh, listen, I, I don't need to give you guys any type of ammunition to get you guys worked up here. You know, you gotta <laughs> just relax, man. Just yeah, he's relax. he's
0: not gonna be a guy that's gonna take. Crabtree's job he's not even going to take Seth Roberts job you know more realistically I, I think in a dream scenario you you would think that might be his ceiling but um his his ceiling here more realistically is probably going to be wide receiver number five and you know he's going to get some run at, at punt returner um I don't think he's going to take Cordero Patterson's job at kick returner Cordero Patterson's the best kick returner in the NFL right now so you know that that seems like a silly notion I saw some people say like oh, Waylon's in now Patterson's gonna get cut it's like how did how how did you formulate oh, that thought in your in your brain? Yeah, how did you so connect those dots not going to yeah. happen. We'll Griff Whalen, um, nothing serious. Um, it, that's going to be a one year, super super low deal, and then he'll be a camp body. We'll see if he even if if he even makes the team. Um, as far as wide receiver free agents um yeah I agree with you on, on a lot of those names that are thrown out there they're nice but I, I don't I don't think McKenzie's gonna bring any any wide receivers in here he just not I mean we, we've seen the guys that he's rolled out here the last three years it's it's gonna be some some UDFA or some step with round pick that gets added and I think that's it um how about at offensive tackle um kind of seems like a, a weak offensive tackle class too so for teams in need of, a, of tackle help between the and free agency I don't know if it's looking that good um Marshall Newhouse got, got cut today, so do you think McKenzie goes back to the well here and, and adds a free agent, or do you think one of those in-house Fidal Alexander or someone else
1: is going to fill that red tackle spot? Yeah, Matt, I mean, I'm thinking he's going to look at, you know, what's currently on the roster and available to him first, because like you said, I uh, personally, maybe, hopefully you can fill me in here, but I don't know of any notable uh, free agent offensive tackles, um this this offseason outside of maybe was it Nate Nate Solder maybe and is he even good anymore I don't I don't know <laughs> uh, no, he's 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 going to be overpaid
0: um so one name I got from uh from our friend Ted Nguyen of the Athletic um was Chris Ibert, Pittsburgh Steelers who okay started um last year he he got thrown into the mix because of it because of injury and the Steelers are going to let him hit the open market he he started at right tackle I I think almost every single game last year and played very very well he's got position versatility um at at guard and at tackle so I I think he's he's someone that I I think McKenzie could potentially bring in but outside of that I don't really have any uh any names to consider I, I think it would be Jalen Ware, David Sharp, Vidal Alexander, Demarc Kirkland—probably one of those guys are going to be the, the lead horse there for a uh, for right tackle. Uh, just a couple more uh, positions to talk to, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this thing up. So along the defensive line, I know there are a couple names out there that intrigue you. So I'll go ahead and give you the floor to uh, to say your piece here about what we we are looking at for the defensive line.
1: Man, defensive line. I mean, for me, it's it obviously comes down to 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 Mo to to Mo Wilkerson. Man, I mean, that's the that's the guy that you know. Uh, rumors are rumors, and and, and Mackenzie's been been linked to him before. Again, probably for the most part unsubstantiated rumors, but rumors nonetheless. Um, he's you know Wilkerson's taking his tour. He was. He was in. Uh, I think he was. He's either in or was in Kansas City. He's got New Orleans lined up still, and and uh, I think Schefter tweeted out a couple days ago that you know the Raiders have reached out, but it's it's to be seen if he even makes it to the to the East Bay at this point. Um, his his former teammate Sheldon Richardson. I don't know what's going to happen with him in Seattle. He's someone that you know obviously be an enormous upgrade immediately for for the Raiders if he gets a chance to kind of to kind of test. Um, and then obviously the the big one today was uh, was some guy from from Miami that got paid a lot of money that got is gonna apparently be let go uh and 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 damakansu man so um tons of tons of names out there for um you know tons tons being three but i mean there's just it's just a lot of a lot of talent out there bro um and uh at, at the raiders at a position that the raiders need you know a ton of help at so all
0: right so let's uh let's talk about the last two positions here so Unless it's a, a minor name for, for depth at linebacker, I, I don't think anything happens here either. Um, this free agency class doesn't look great. I think I saw Zach Brown pop up on that list again, and I think we've we've been there, done that. Um, some other underwhelming names, you know, Kevin Minter was a guy who I think was another free agent a year or two ago, and I saw his name pop back up on that list. So um, I don't see any linebackers being brought in here for for free agency, I, I think priority number one there is going to be bringing back Navarro Bowman. So you know, let's just focus on on that and, and see what happens there. Uh, but the cornerbacks, they definitely stand out. Um, Tremaine Johnson, he's kind of all the rage right now as far as potential options for the Raiders. I think if you were to ask most Raiders fans out there who they want in free agency above anyone else, I think Tremaine Johnson probably would be the most popular pick. Um, so what's what do you think about the potential signing of uh, of Tremaine is that something you'd be down for
1: yeah i think you and i might have been talking about it today or a couple days ago but i mean i just think the amount of money that he's going to end up getting offered or going to command on the open market. It's just going to be, um, it's, it's going to feel kind of like Sean Smith all over again, similar players. I think, I think Johnson's a a better player. I think he's still a good player. Um, I think he'd come in here and be an obvious upgrade, but at the end of the day, man, for the amount of money that I think he's going to have to get paid for his services. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty easy pass for me. Um, uh, as as far as Tremaine Johnson goes
0: yeah that's that's gonna be a, a pass for me too um it's something I, I tweeted out uh the money's gonna be just way too much for him he already had a, a year where he was trending down last season um in terms of his performance um so when you're gonna be 28 going on 29 that, exactly like you said that's something where it seems like it's gonna be a Sean Smith scenario all over again where your guy gets a four-year deal that's you know worth 12 million per year, or 15 million per year. And then after, after the first season or after the two seasons, um, seems like a, a bad deal. Um, you know, I, I could talk myself into it. Uh, I'm sure if it was, uh, a deal where after the first year there was no dead money or, or maybe after the second year. Um, but anything beyond that, if, if you're getting too high with the guarantees, I, I think it's just going to be risky business. So I, I would rather they, they aim a little bit lower. Um, like Rashad Breeland, I think would be, um, you know younger um younger cheaper um you know obviously not as good of a player but i I think that's where they should focus somewhere in that range or if they do want to get um you know a veteran maybe someone like patrick robinson who's i think 31 32 but he's going to be one year two year deal something like that i I think that's a lot easier of a pill to, to swallow there um so let's go ahead and uh and wrap this thing up. Do you have any, any final thoughts you want to throw out there? Anything we didn't touch on in terms of combine draft free agency,
1: um, anything you want to plug? No, man, I just think, uh, I'm, I'm, more or less agree with you I think I think there are more cuts I think there are more cuts coming I think there's more restructures that, that, that are going to happen so while I do agree that the Raiders are probably not going to be in in the running for guys like Allen Robinson Sammy Watkins shit they probably won't even get a chance to talk to, to Wilkerson uh and Dominick Sue is going to still be too expensive well I don't think that they get you know maybe one of those guys I still think that they you know I was talking to our buddy Eddie Eddie Borsilli about this man and and kind of going back and forth and for me, outsider looking in, I feel like you don't you don't pay John Gruden the type of money that you're paying John Gruden and not. Uh, and not make a quote unquote splash or not try to uh, more or less go out of your way to get better via free agency. I mean, there's, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole aura kind of surrounding Gruden now. And obviously the amount of money is getting paid and with the Vegas move coming up and just kind of bring it, bringing him back out of the booth and and, and looking to get back to that 12 win type 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 season. So there's just, it feels like there's so much riding on the line here uh, in such a short amount of time that turnaround has to happen uh, as early as next year um, for, the- them to be you know kind of stagnant and quiet in free agency that just doesn't click to me personally, so uh while you probably don't get you know a tier a quote unquote free agent, I think there's still going to be you know a couple signs and a couple you know bigger names that are going to kind of be brought on board because there's just there's too many holes to fill just yeah, I agree with that
0: that logic in a sense i I do think that they are going to be needing a, a turnaround sooner than later um you know it's clear they're not going to go into into rebuild mode here you know quote unquote so Um, In in that regard, yeah, definitely. I I think you want to get some impact players, but at the same time, it's tough because you always have to keep the big picture in mind. Um, we got Khalil Mack, who's going to be getting a, a contract in in the ballpark of what JJ Watt and, and Von Miller have gotten. We've already got Derek Carr's contract on the books. Um, next offseason is going to be, you know, an, uh, looking at an extension for for Amari Cooper. Um, so there's there's a lot of money here that that still needs to be paid out in the next two seasons. So you you have to give yourself some some long term flexibility here to, to to always give yourself. The ability to to manipulate and change your roster as needed so um you know we'll, we'll see it, it it's it, it's always going to come down to to the guarantees if if we can do some some four-year splashy deal but as long as they can get out of it after two years just in case it doesn't work out just like with Sean Smith um then you know then, then sign me up I'm, I'm fine with it I'm, I'm not going to be too much of a of a critic but um you know I don't want to sit here and be in a situation where you know got to watch this this player hit the field for 12 million dollars a year and and they can't cut him but you know it, it's not working out so kind of a tough spot to be in um and and what we'll do here I think moving forward is is the next couple of weeks keep keep tabs on on free agency here um, going to keep watching some of these prospects and start putting together top five, top ten prospect lists, put together a big board, and uh, I think we can reconvene here in the next few weeks to uh, to chat up what happened in free agency and then probably go a little bit more in depth with some of these uh, draft rankings and such. So um, any, any final thoughts? We'll go ahead and wrap this thing up.
1: No man, just looking forward to uh, the next next couple of days here, man. Free agency in full swing, and then obviously we got the draft around the corner, so uh, it's time to get better, man. Like we said, there's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of holes to fill and a lot of lot of improvements to make, and uh, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how uh, Mackenzie and Green kind of put the put the pieces back together. Yeah, hey man, no doubt. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, and call this one an episode. So
0: thank you everybody for listening. Um, catch us in the the next few weeks here to talk about the uh, the draft and free agency. And uh, for, for my buddy, Ryan Lopes here, I'm Nick Jonas. Peace.